This is Invest Talk. Independent thinking, shared success. Justin Klein and Steve Peasley stand ready to take your finance and investment questions and share their unbiased answers. Invest Talk is made possible by KPP Financial, a registered investment advisor firm serving clients throughout the United States. The clarity for your path forward starts now. Here is KPP Financial President, Financial Advisor, Steve Peasley. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk. It is Tuesday, June 27, 2023. I'm Steve Peasley. I'm here today to help you become a better investor. I can do that by giving you some data and some perspective and all the information I can on a question that you can ask, as long as it's a financial question. I've done this for over 20 years, so I think I'm getting pretty decent at it. Right at the top of the podcast today, let me make aware of, of make you aware of a special new Insight Wealth webinar we're having coming up tomorrow, June 28th. The title is Rates and Real Estate, and it's free, a free webinar. We're going we're gonna to provide uh, valuable inv- investing insights for the commercial and residential real estate markets for 2023. Topics covered will include the world of REITs, Real Estate Investment Trust, great way to drive income. And we have a scheduled uh, Deferred Sales Trust expert. His name is Kent LaVarbe, and he will be part of the webinar. So I encourage you to make plans to join us for our free wealth webinar. That's coming up tomorrow, Wednesday, from 1 to 2 p.m. Pacific Time. You have to register, and you can register now at investtalk.com. Now, with that said, on today's podcast, I'm going to blend my comments with you, the listener. Provide, you provide the questions, the topics. You select what we're going to talk about, okay? And then I'll blend in my comments on whatever it is and answer your question. So you get to set the environment that we're going to discuss financial things. Okay, of course, that makes you a pretty important part of the program and the podcast. And now I'm ready to take take your questions, but you've got to call the Investor phone lines and never close, 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. My focus point today is there are three current but imperfect sources of retirement income. Each Each also has its drawbacks. So I'm going to talk about these three current sources of imperfect retirement income. Okay, that's going to be the talking point. Time permitting, I'm also going to get into some of the economic numbers that came out. Uh, today, they kind of drove the market, I think, but we'll, we'll talk about that. Um, also, I want to talk about inflation. We've talked about inflation many, many, many times, and we've told you that we think inflation is here to stay elevated level, probably between 4 and 5%. Um, but we haven't talked about what inflation does to stocks over the long term. So let's talk about that. And let's also talk about raw materials demand. Raw materials demand, especially copper. So I want Those are three things I want to discuss if we can get to it. And of course, I also have voice bank questions. Uh, using RSUs, you know what those are? Restricted stock units. 
uh, and ARCC, Aries Capital Corporation. And since it is Trivia Tuesday, I have a new question for you. It's coming up at the halfway point of the podcast. So we've got a lot of things planned, but it's hard to plan everything since you drive the show in the direction you want to go. Okay? Again, the number is 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. So we got a lot of stuff planned, so we better get to it. The market today was up 241 on the Dow, 222 on the NASDAQ, and 50 50 on the S&P 500. So it's a pretty broad, nice rally today. Okay? So the market is, you know, trying to push its way into rally mode. Um, if you look back and see, well, is the market uh, out of its bear market doldrums that it had last year? Uh, you know, we've had since last year. And I'm going to have to be honest. I am going to tell you uh, it is not. We're still below last year's. You know, high. So we're not really in a new bull market. And, of course, there's fear that this might be a bear trap. A bear trap is something that during a bear market, it starts to rally. And it's, the rally can be pretty strong, and therefore you think it's finally out of its doldrums and we're in a new bull phase. Well, it won't be classified under as a new bull phase until it breaks the highs that it made back in 2021. When it breaks that high, you definitely look back and say, this is a new bull phase. Problem is, by the time you decide that, it's already had a pretty strong rally if it breaks it. A bear market trap is where it comes close and then falls right back down, makes a new low. So it, <laughs> there, there is no perfect you know, way to determine whether we're in a bull market or a bear market uh, other than looking back and say, well, we this is where it's been. It's very difficult. It's imperfect. The whole thing is imperfect. But we try. Okay, let's go ahead and start the show. Let's get to take our first voicemail call. I wanted to see what your thoughts were on industrial REIT, STAG Industries, ticker symbol STAG, uh, we're looking to get some exposure. It looks a little pricey, but the chart looks good. Um, it is trending upwards, uh, lower or higher highs and lower lows. Wondering if you could take a look and maybe give me a good entry point. Thank you. Bye. You're right about the priciness. It is kind of expensive. I kind of like where it is. Stag Industrial. It's a REIT that acquires, owns, manages 562 single-tenant industrial properties in 39 states across the United States. Of course, it would be very very economically sensitive. Uh, If the economy is doing great, this should do much better. If it's doing poor, it it will do poorly. pays a 4.2% dividend. That's the yield, 4.2%. Now, the problem is it's, it made $2.21 in 2022, and before that, it was rising nicely every year. But then 2023, it's only going to make $0.79. Cents. That's a 60, almost 65% reduction. And then 2024, it's going to make $0.71, cents, another 10% reduction. That worries me. Why is that the estimates? Why is it showing that it's going to be worse is, you know, I, I need to know the ad answer before I can tell you what I think about this REIT. Cash flow is very strong, $2.53. A return on equity is only 5%. That's kind of low, kind of low. 
Um, uh, the current P.E. ratio is 16, but the forward P.E. is 44. And that's what worries me. Why Why the earnings? I like where they are. I like their earn. It pays a 4.2% dividend. But a, a stock at $35.37, they can't maintain a 4.2% because it's only going to make $0.79. Cents. Remember, Reed has to pay 90% of its earnings out in a dividend be qualified as a REIT and has to be in real estate. Well, let's say it's 80 cents next year. Well, that means 72 cents in a dividend on a stock that's $35 is not 4%. You see what I'm saying? So the the dividend is going to go down and go down sharply. Thanks for the call. STAG, S-T-A-G, everybody. We're headed into a break. Justin and I are happy to play your recorded voice paint questions, but we love taking live calls. Live calls. Our number never changes and it never closes. Invest Talk, 888-99-CHART. KPP Financial invites you to join us for a new Invest Talk Wealth Webinar, Rates and Real Estate. You'll gain valuable investing insights for the commercial and residential real estate markets of 2023. We will also explore the world of REITs and delve into a comprehensive analysis of the Deferred Sales Trust, a real estate tax deferral strategy. The Invest Talk Wealth Webinar will take place on Wednesday, June 28th from 1 to 2 p.m. Pacific Time. And it will be led by InvestTalk host, Justin Klein, along with KPP Financial Portfolio Manager, Luke Guerrero. This complimentary webinar is your opportunity to learn from top finance experts in the industry. So go to investtalk.com, register for this free wealth webinar, Rates and Real Estate. Everybody wants a secure financial future. That means you'll have finance and investment questions. Justin Klein and Steve Peasley are ready to provide their unbiased answers. Invest Talk, 888-99-CHART. Hi, Steve and Justin. I've got a question for you. This is Craig from uh, the mountains outside Seattle. I am cash flowing a shop on my property that's going to cost about 150 grand. I've already got about 80 of it cash flowed without having to cash anything out, but I intended to cash out investments uh, for it anyway. So my question is, I've got about 70000 in RSUs through my work, and I've also got a, about three hundred grand in a brokerage account. My thought is to use the RSUs first since they're already part of my adjusted gross income and parts have already been pulled out for taxes. I just want to know if that's the right approach. It should cover the rest of the build without having to touch my brokerage. So just wondered your thoughts on that and if I'm thinking the right way or if I'm missing something. Thanks so much. Well, I'm not an accountant, but it sounds the best way to me. You want to use those funds that probably have already been taxed. And you said the RSUs, have already, you've already paid taxes on that, so you don't have to worry about paying more money out of your pocket to cash in the RSU, restricted stocks. So, um, you know, what the other solution would be take out of your brokerage account 
I'm not I'm not for that because you probably have capital gains. But again, that's why I say talk to your accountant. Do you have capital gains taxes that you would have to take or continue to take losses? If you can take losses, okay, and might be advisable to take some losses to apply to future capital gains. If you don't have losses, then maybe not. And if the restricted stocks, um, you know, what kind of company do you work for? Is it growing? How strong is it? Those kind of questions need to be answered. And it's hard to answer that since I don't know any of those facts. But on the surface, it sounds like the smart thing to do. Thanks for the call. I appreciate it. My focus point looks to this story. There are three current but imperfect sources of retirement income. Each also has drawbacks. Okay, so what are they? It's pretty simple. It's treasury bonds, tips, ladders, tips, treasury inflation protected uh, uh, bonds, basically, or annuities. Okay, why do some? Why they are imperfect? Why are they? This is why. Treasury bonds are government-backed, very safe, but they're not inflation-protected. Their principal is protected and preserved. That's great. No problem with the principal. But longevity is not protected because they can go down and up in value. The longer the bonds, the longer the bonds, the more more uh, they will react to interest rates. You hold them maturity, you don't have that problem. You'll get your, on a treasury bond, you'll get your interest yield, plus you get the bond back. A tips ladder, treasury inflation protected ladder, well, that's also government backed, also inflation protected, but not longevity protected because they're always rotating. So interest rates on those tips on a ladder go up and down slowly, but when they come due, whatever the rate is at that time is what you get. And they do have some protection, partial preservation, principal protection. A lifetime annuity, not government back, not inflation protected, but generally speaking, longevity protected, long as the underlying insurance company is strong enough and it will stay strong. Okay? And therefore, the principal is not preserved. We don't, we can't. Their private life, lifetime annuities are issued by insurance company. Then Social Security. We know Social Security government back. We know it's inflation protected because every year they uh, adjust it based on what the inflation rate is, and they therefore they also project uh, longevity is protected because you know that it's government backed and they will rise and fall depending on inflation. Okay, so. Social Security is a pretty secure uh, income. But notice we didn't talk about REITs, real estate investment trusts. And that's why you got to come to the seminar tomorrow, the webinar tomorrow. Webinar tomorrow, we'll talk about REITs. And that's a very good income producer. Okay? As we go to break, let me encourage you to make plans to join us for the webinar tomorrow, the Wealth Webinar, REITs and Real Estate. We're going to give you some valuable investing insights on REITs. Topics covered will include the REITs and then the investment talk, wealth webinar, rates, and real estate will take place tomorrow. That's tomorrow, June 28th. 1 to 2 p.m. Pacific time. You have, you have to sign up. You have to sign up. Rates and real estate. Sign up. It's free.
Steve Peasley is here and ready to take your calls live. Invest Talk, 888-99-CHART. Hey, Stephen, Justin, Tom from New York, calling with regards to Aris Capital, A-R-C-C. Seems to have a, a decent yield, around 9%, a little bit of a pullback in the last couple of weeks. I have a little position in it right now and wanted to see if maybe you think this is a good time to add some more. I definitely understand it's a, a company that's based on debt, but uh, the, the balance sheet seems uh, pretty strong. And I uh, wanted to get your thoughts. Thanks for uh, what you guys do. Okay, Ares Capital, A-R-C-C, out of New York. Investing in first, second, lean senior notes and middle debt and U.S. middle market firms. Okay, uh, so it's it's a loan company. Okay, it, it invests in debt, buys and sells debt. Return equity is twelve. The PE ratio is eight. The forward PE ratio is seven. So it's pretty darn low, and they're growing very fast. Forty percent in the most recent quarter. Before that was twenty one. Uh, so uh, you know it's been growing f- for two years fairly strong, with only one quarter where it was weakness. It only grew four percent in the middle of that two year period. Pays a 10.5% yield. Now, it's an $18.28 stock. They're going to make $2.30 this year, $2.23 next year. So to pay 10%, that would be $1.80, $1.83. And they're going to make $2.23. So they have it. They could do it. They could maintain it, that 10 and a half. So should you buy more? Well, I don't see a problem with it. Never, it, you're never going to get much cap appreciation. You might get a little bit. It might go up to the low twenties, and but it's never really fallen very far, except during the uh, uh, COVID uh, slump when it fell down to like eight, nine dollars a share. Um, that was only for like a week, and then it went back up to twelve. Uh, but ever since then, it's been holding up pretty well. So yeah, you could add more here. It don't. Don't overinvest in it, but you could add more here. Eight 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 ninety nine charters our number. Um, durable goods report came out today for May. Durable goods for May, uh, and it was up one point seven percent when they expected it to fall or shrink nine tenths of a percent, almost one percent. They expected it to shrink almost one percent. Instead, it grew one point seven percent. I think that helps spark the market. Durable goods, everybody, those are those things that are sold that are larger and more expensive uh, items and usually lasting three years or more. And it usually is a hint if you take out transportation, it still grew six-tenths of a percent. And usually that indicates a stronger economy. Now, the month before, April is up 1.2%. So they want, they expected it to go from 1.2% growth to shrinkage of nine-tenths. Instead, they got it to 1.7. It rose. New home sales. New home sales. Uh, and this is for May. 763,000. They expected 700. Uh, they expected 675. And they had 680 the month before. And it jumped to 763,000. So the housing market looks pretty strong, and prices rose. They rose. So, you know, it looks like everybody who's been calling for a recession 
is starting to rethink their thinking, I still think we might go into it. Uh, and the last quarter of this year, first quarter of next year, if if we get a recession, I think that's when it's going to actually happen. But there were a lot of experts calling for a recession beginning of this year, and that did not happen. It's not going to happen. So that, uh, I've said that I think we're going to have the market will rally at the end of the year. I could be totally wrong, but I still, I'm going to stick with it. And if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But I'm going to stick with, I think the market's going to rally. It's rallying now. Okay. And maybe it'll rally continued all the way through the end of the year. And I won't necessarily be wrong, but the rally would have started before I thought it would. Interesting stuff out there. Let's squeeze in another quick call or question. 888-99-CHART. Hi, Justin and Steve. Jacob from Michigan here. Wondering what you think about MRO, that's Marathon Oil. Thank you so much. Well, I, I, as you know, I kind of like the oil industry. Uh, oil prices have gone down, but these oil stocks have held up, held up pretty good. Engaged in oil and gas exploration production, um, oil sands, mining, and integrated gas services worldwide. Companies out of Texas are going to make $3.75 a share next year. Two sixty-eight this year, made $4 last year. So $22 stock. So you're looking at a 5 PE and going forward, 8 PE. Return equity is very good at 28%. Pays a small dividend at 1.7. It's almost a $14 billion company. So sales have fallen, but sales really haven't fallen. Sales have gone down only because the price of oil is starting to ease a little bit. But I, I like it. I, I like it long term. Except I wish it would pay more dividend. That's the only disappointing thing I have. Cash flow is $7.63. Very strong. It's a good, strong company. MRO, everybody. You're listening to Invest Talk, everybody. I'm Steve Peasley. We want to answer your questions. Our listener line number is always ready for you 888 99Chart. Beginning our experience, we're here to answer your questions. At this point, I think almost everyone has heard how generative AI promises to bring us to the next industrial revolution. AI is already shaping society with an impact on daily life that echoes the transformative significance of electricity or the internet. As we take steps to embrace the potential of generative AI, we need to remain vigilant with regard to its exploitability. This is where HackerOne comes in. HackerOne's AI Red Team addresses the novel challenges of AI safety and security for businesses that are launching new AI deployments. The HackerOne approach involves targeted offensive testing by harnessing the collective skills of ethical hackers who are proficient in AI and prompt hacking. In short, AI red teaming is the practice of stress testing AI models and deployments to make sure they can't be tricked into providing information beyond their intended use and that security flaws can't be exploited to access confidential data or systems. HackerOne seamlessly integrates with your existing tools to enhance communication and collaboration across development, security, and IT teams. So, stay ahead of the game in the battle against cyber threats with HackerOne's Attack Resistance Platform. Learn more at HackerOne.com. That's H-A-C-K-E-R-O-N-E. Dot com, HackerOne.com. 
Now, each time I host the Invest Talk podcast, I have the satisfaction of taking caller questions and then breaking down the often complex dynamics involved. If you've never called, don't hold back. You can leave your Invest Talk questions on the 24 7 anytime listener line at 888 99 Chart. Okay, before the break, we did not get to our trivia question, so we're going to do it right now. America's largest wholesale club says it will begin enforcing stricter approach regarding its membership cards. So here's my trivia question. What is Costco's new policy announcement? And by the numbers, how many cardholders does the company have? And how many households are members? That's my trivia question. So what do you think? Okay. Um, Well... In case you haven't heard, and Costco has announced it will be enforcing stricter approaches. Okay, so that's we know that. Now, they, they confirmed Friday that the company's member policy, which says that its membership card is non-transferable, has been getting abused by non-member shoppers. So someone can give somebody else their card, and they use it, and that's it. As Costco has installed more self-checkout lanes, the store chain recently noticed that non-member shoppers have been using membership cards that do not belong to them. The company said, we don't feel it's right that non-members receive the same benefits and pricing as our members. Of course, they don't feel it's right because they make big bucks on that membership card. That's where most of their earnings come from. That's why they don't feel right about it. Don't think it's all about the members. It's not. It's about business. It's about money. By the numbers, Costco membership fees amount to $4.2 billion in, 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 in its fiscal year. $4.2 billion in fees. That was a good chunk of the $5.8 billion profits they made last year. That's what they're concerned about, everybody. As of May, Costco had 124 million cardholders. Membership penetration is 69 million households. So how many U.S. stores does Costco have? They have 589 Costco stores in the United States as of June 12th. The state with the most number of Costco locations in the U.S. is California with 133 stores, which is about 23% of all the stores in the U.S. Um, how many stores do they have globally? 855. Remember, 589 in the U.S., 855 total so they're going to be stricter on the rules, not because, you know, that is kind of self-serving. We don't feel it's right that non-members receive the same benefits of pricing as their members. They're more worried about that $4.2 billion they're making on the membership fees, which is, represents, what, 80% or more of their profit. That's what they're worried about. Be honest, if they're going to be honest. But, yeah. I always got to spin it to make it sound better, right? Let's bring it back to an InvestTalk voice paint question, 888-99-CHART. Hey, Stephen, Justin. It's Andrew here calling from Utah. First off, just want to say I love the show and the content that you guys bring. My question's about an ETF, and it's an Invesco ETF. It's SPHQ. It's a factory ETF. It invests in high-quality companies in the S&P, and it, uh, it resets every six months, I believe, from the research I've been doing on it. Just want to get your take on this. Don't really have time to, to do individual stocks for the most part. So I'm just looking at something like this, and then I'd probably just average into it, you know, maybe 100 bucks a week for indefinitely. Just want to hear, hear your take on that. And uh, 
Thanks again, guys. I think it's a good strategy. Um, they're a $5 billion ETF, Invesco S&P 500 quality, quality. Exchange traded funding its performance correspond to the S&P 500 high quality rankings index. Now, so what you need to know is what is the S&P 500 high quality rankings index? What do they what do they mean rankings? They mean earnings per share, return on capital. What what do they mean high quality? And it will always be fundamentals, which is what I like about it. They will be, the the high quality usually refers to anytime you hear that term a high-quality company, it refers to their fundamentals, okay? And if you're dealing with S&P 500, that's the largest 500 companies in, in, in the market, uh, I kind of like that strategy. It only pays a 1.7% dividend. Don't think it necessarily pays a high dividend. It does not. But investing in an index is a good way to invest in the market, especially, as you point out, you don't have time to do research or time to learn how to do that research, and that's most people. And so there's nothing wrong to investing in indexes, and I like this one. 888-99-CHART. So inflation, I'll get back to that. I didn't finish my points on that. Inflation is going to remain fairly high, I think, 4 to 5%, and uh, there's some experts out there agree with me and some don't. But inflation itself, if it stays high, is going to inflate stock prices. Always has. So the only way to stay ahead of inflation, the best way, I say, not the only way, the best way to stay ahead of inflation in your investments is the stock market because they outperform inflation over the long term and always have. And I'm talking about decades, not next year, two years, three years. I'm talking about long, long term. I think inflation is here to stay, uh, and I, I think we're, we're just seeing the beginning of the durability of inflation. Why do I say that? Well, because I think governments, especially ours, and I, and I would say China as well, and, and every other government in the world, are addicted to spending money. They're addicted to printing the money that they spend, printing the money faster than they really need, and that is inflationary, okay? They, the only reason they need it is because they want to be a spenders of it. And many times that goes into the market, that excess cash, and it goes into, you know, uh, it may cause stronger recessions in the future, but it's it definitely going to cause stronger inflation in the future. So I think that's what you're looking at. You know, yeah, you're going to have inflation and things are going to cost more than we can really want them to afford. And hopefully you'll get a job which pays you more than 4 or 5% raises so you can increase your income. I mean, I'm talking about yearly. Um, because you want to stay up or get ahead of inflation on your salaries. Problem with that is you get too much salary, you get more and more taxes and, you know, you make a lot of money and you're, you know, if you make it by earned income, your rates can easily be over around 50%, depending on what state you're in and how much state income tax you pay added to the federal income tax. But the federal income tax or federal government is spending more and more money. They're probably going to have to tax more and more and more. Right? Also, you know, that's just the way it is. 
Okay. We get calls about stock and calls to explain processes and define various investments. Let's play another one of those kind of questions. Hey, guys. I have a daughter. She's almost one years old, and I'm looking to start saving money for her, and I'm just wondering what the best options that would be. I've heard you guys talk about 529 plans before. I'm just wondering if I go that route, you could just give like a 30-second overview of what that entails. And I think I've heard on the program before that you can actually buy a 529 plan from any state. You don't have to actually live in that state. And if that's the case, could you just go over uh, one or two options? Which ones would be the best states to go with? Thanks. Love what you guys do. Appreciate it. Okay. F- uh, 529 program is an educational uh, program that m- put away money for whomever you want to to use for educational purposes. And it has to be uh, accredited colleges only. It can't be, you know, beauty school or truck driver school. It has to be an accredited college. So uh, the, that's the restriction you have, and there's, you're limited. And each state, or not all states have them, but most do, have 529 programs because they are state-sponsored. Okay, so if you live in one state, you don't have to, as he said, buy the 529 in that state. You can go buy it in any other state you want to. What's the benefit? And the benefit is it grows tax-free. The 529s grow tax-free. You don't ever have to pay capital gains on anything in there. It's like an IRA. Do you have to take it out? No, you don't. And you can transfer it to another child or an adult or whatever as the beneficiary. So if one child doesn't want to go and you have a second child and they do, you can transfer it to the second child. A uh, long time ago, I did a, I did a quick survey of this, and I found that one of the better states was Florida, uh, and I think one of the Midwest states, like Illinois or one of those states, I don't remember, were also good. But the, you you have to do some research because each state can change the rules in that state. You know, uh, many of the 529s, now some states make restrict you to certain investments most of them restrict you to mutual funds but some states say well as the child gets closer to 18 you have to be more conservative i mean that makes no sense to me you know why states should control anything about your investments I, i don't buy that but so i would find the state with the least restrictions and go with that company restrictions on your investments and i would go with you know you know some speculative indexes or mutual funds, whatever they provide. Good call. Thank you for the call. Appreciate that. Justin Klein and I have been, uh, Justin Klein and I have been telling you for a while, we are in the market environment with lots of cycles. Okay. Cycles are just part of everything that happens. Uh, we have economic cycle, we have stock market cycles, and then you got life cycles, your life, you know, as you get, older and older and older, you got your cycles of life and what you should be investing in as you get older. So it's always cycles we got to think about. And serious investors understand that they have to adjust their thinking, depending on what's going on. There's In the stock market, you know, there's cycles. Uh, value stocks uh, sometimes are favored over growth, and sometimes growth is favored over value. And, you know, sometimes those, those cycles could be long periods, 10 years. You know, favoring one uh, uh, growth over value or value over growth. So don't expect them to be short necessarily. They're not. 
interest rate cycles, everything is a cycle. But you just got to adjust and fit the times that you're in. Understand what, what kind of cycle you're in. And at KPP Financial, we do that. We operate with a philosophy of independent thinking and shared success. And we implement that by parallel investing, meaning we buy the same things for ourselves as for our clients. Um, we encourage you to take advantage of our free portfolio review assessments by telephone, Skype, or go to meetings. We try to fit investment strategies that fit your risk tolerance. Once we talk to you and, t- and take a look at your portfolio and see what kind of risk you're comfortable with, and, and we tell you what kind of risk you're taking, you know, we try to, there's methods we use, very, uh, very reliable methods to de- determine your risk tolerance and the risk in your portfolio. If you want to take advantage of it, you can call our KPP Financial Irvine office, Irvine, California. Uh, you can, and I think within 10 minutes, you'll understand we are a bit different because we do like to be on the same side of the table as our clients. So we can help you. We want to help you if you'll let us help you. You don't have to be a client. You don't. Okay? Next up, I'll tackle another Invest Talk caller question. Remember, our phone lines never close, 888-99-CHART. KPP Financial invites you to join us for a new Invest Talk Wealth Webinar, Rates and Real Estate. You'll gain valuable investing insights for the commercial and residential real estate markets of 2023. The Invest Talk Wealth Webinar will take place on Wednesday, June 28th from 1 to 2 p.m. Pacific Time. So go to investtalk.com, register for this free wealth webinar, Rates and Real Estate. And now the Invest Talk phone lines are open and waiting for your questions. 888-99-CHART. Hey, Justin and Steve. I'm uh, interested in ticker symbol ET, energy transfer. Seems like a great midstream company that continues to make strong investments and take advantage of a lot of low prices, has a lot of assets under management, and pays a pretty solid dividend uh, that seems to not be in danger of being cut or anything like that. Wanted to see if you uh, feel that this is a good price point or if it is a good company in general to uh, invest in. Looking forward to hearing your comments. Thank you so much. Bye. Okay, energy transfer transfer uh, out of Dallas, Texas, engaged in natural gas midstream liquid transportation and storage business in the United States. Okay, thirty nine billion dollar company, so it's really large. Uh, this this company, the the thing you have to consider when you're talking about these types of companies is they're kind of volatile in their earnings. Okay, next this year they're gonna make a dollar forty one. Last year a dollar forty. Year before a dollar eighty nine. Year before that they lost twenty four cents, but that was in the COVID year. Uh, next year they're gonna make a dollar forty six. So right now they're on a pretty good trajectory, but their sales are also erratic. They're gonna their sales are gonna shrink seven percent, or they did shrink seven percent in the most recent quarter. Before that they were growing sales. So you just got to realize that it has that kind of performance. It's a $12.64 stock, going to make $1.46 next year. That tells you it's, what's an 8 PE, that's pretty reasonable, but that's in the mid-range of their PE. Their PE runs from 3 to 15, so don't think it's cheap, but you buy these things for the income, the dividend, 9.7%. Can they afford 9.7%? Yes, they can. 
because it's a twelve dollar sixty four cent stock going to make a dollar forty six, and ten percent of a dollar twelve dollars sixty four cents is a dollar twenty, and they're making a dollar forty six, so they can pay it. Cash flow is two eighty eight per share, two dollars and eighty eight cents. Current equity is very good, so it's a fifteen percent. So it's a really good company. Just be aware it can be volatile on you. This is Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasen. We have one goal here, everybody, to help you achieve financial freedom. And we will continue this work after the break. So get your questions in. 888-99-CHART. Today, Invest Talk listeners submit their finance and investment questions via phone or email. Would you like your question to be put near the top of the list? Just take a minute or two to leave a review and rating for Invest Talk at iTunes. And be sure to include a brief question with your iTunes review comments. Hi, Stephen Justin. It's Dave from Minneapolis. Just looking at Boston Beer Company uh, stock ticker SAM. Just wondering if I should invest now or do a fractional share, possibly. I'll listen to the show, and you guys have a great show. Thanks. Okay, Boston Beer Company. SAM is a symbol, S-A-M. Manufactures over 20 beers under the Samuel Adams brand name and over 10 flavored malt beverages. Um, it's a $3.87 billion company, not a bad size. Uh, they do 410 to four, 500 and $600 million a quarter. Uh, sales have fallen this recent quarter by 5%. Um, they're going to make $6, they made $6.97 a share last year. It's a $315 stock. Okay, this is what I need you to think about. They're going to make $7.33 this year. And ten dollars and forty-one cents next year. That means the PE ratio is about thirty uh, something, based on next year's earnings. That's pretty high. High thirties, low forties PE forward-looking ratio. Now the five-year range is twenty-eight to one hundred sixteen. Uh, but that's based on growth, and the company is starting to slow down its growth. It's getting bigger and bigger and bigger. You can't maintain. The, the law of large numbers starts to play a part, and you just can't keep growing something that gets bigger, bigger, bigger. They'd have to buy, you know, a, 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 a competitor or, you know, somehow jump their earn, their sales and then thus affect their earnings. Um they were $1,200 per stock uh, back in 2020-21, okay, and they made $14, $15 a share back then, 2020. This year, the, the next year, they're going to make $10.41. Mm, that's, what, 40% less than they did in 2020? So it's not for me. Uh, uh, they don't pay a dividend. I don't like that. Return equity is only 8%. Cash flow is strong at $13.64, and management owns 3%. Mutual funds have been slowly selling it over, over the last year. It just seems kind of expensive still to me. It looks like it found strong support in about the $275, $300 range, and that's about where it is. But it's been in this range for some time, so there's not a lot of... 
I, I don't see what the catalyst is for it to keep going up. I don't. We talked about inflation and inflation about stock market, inflation about you know everything else, about anything you buy, about raw materials inflation. Demand is going up for raw materials. Supplies are going to be difficult to increase. Let's just talk about one area of raw materials. Talk about copper. Now you have to mine for copper. You got to find it and mine it, and it's expensive. A lot of a lot of environmental restrictions, and there's a lot of problems getting a new mine to produce copper and trying to get that new copper out of the ground and into the marketplace. At the same time, there's huge demand for copper coming down the road in the form of electric vehicles. There's a lot of wires needed in electric vehicles, is there not? A lot of copper wiring. Huge demand coming and a difficult supply uh, track to get more supplies online. So a lot of companies around the world are trying to lock up supplies, trying to lock up those mining, try to find more mining. And and add to that, countries trying to be more reliant on internal internal, uh, supply chains instead of external. And you know what I'm talking about. You know, everybody wants to, to not rely on China for everything. And if that that continues, that helps restrict supply of raw materials, including copper. So expect that's one of the reasons why we think materials is a good place to be long term. Because long term, it's going to be restricted, and there's going to be more and more demand. I'm Steve Peasons, completes another Investop program. Justin Klein and I thank you for listening. And we encourage you to tell your friends and family members about our free portfolio podcast downloads. You can get your downloads anytime at iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. And we have now surpassed 53.5 million downloads. Thank you very much. And remember, the new Wealth Webinar is tomorrow. Tomorrow, 1 to 2, Rates and Real Estate. Got to sign up at investtalk.com. Independent thinking shares success. This is Investtalk. Enjoy your, uh, no, enjoy your day tomorrow. Investtalk is a trademark of KPP Financial. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them. Specifically, nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell security. Because such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein, Pavlis, and Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor firm which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, Call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is president and Justin Klein is chief executive officer of Klein, Pavlis, and Peasley Financial. Thank you for listening and your comments and questions are welcome on our 24-hour listener line at 888-99-CHART.